Welcome to the Lift Podcast. We hope our time together will encourage you in love, inspire and foster your faith as we teach one another from the foundation of God's Word. Hey friends, I'm Karen and I'm here with my friends, Farah, Christy, and Kimberly. Hey guys. Hi guys. Um, today, our scripture comes from Philippians 4. Um, Kimberly is going to read it over us. Yep, so it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. So, girls, what is your reaction when you hear Paul's words? Or what are some of the reactions you've had to these verses in the past? I think I've definitely felt in the past that it was very difficult to believe that I could live in a way where I'm anxious for nothing. Um, That just seemed like something very far off in the distance for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, Mike. Paul, you don't live in the modern day. (laughs) That might, this might have worked back in more when everything is slower right (laughs) yes and you're not a mom paul (laughs) and you're single (laughs) preach (laughs) yes no i feel you kimberly i think this is like a lot of things that so often i hear paul write it um touches something in me like i want to live this way but it does it also touches that piece in me of like, um, like you said, it feels very impossible, um, especially this side of heaven. Um, you're like, okay, he's pointing us to our future reality. <laughs> I think for me too, it, that do not be anxious about anything. I always, um, I always could lie to myself and justify myself and say, I'm not really anxious. I just care Mm. whether it was for someone or for, I just, you know, like I could, I could talk myself out of believing and actually naming it worry. Um, when in actuality it was, and it was consuming my day, Mm. but I think too, it's so normalized. Like I remember Mm -hmm. family members would say, well, you know, I'm just a worrier. Uh, That's just how I am, you know? And, and so we just normalize that we can worry and that's okay. But I think Paul is saying that God has something different for us. Mm -hmm, Me too. Yeah. And it's almost like part of the Southern culture to, to be, um, a worrier, you know, like it's passed down generation to generation. Like, why? that's, I'm, I'm just gonna, I didn't sleep last night because I was just up worrying. And if grandmother passes away, then you pick up the baton and you worry 
in her place because that's what we do. Like, <laughs> I agree with you, Christy. <laughs> It's like generation to generation. <laughs> well, and, and like worry is a form of caring. Well, you know, I'm just worried about you. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. And rejoicing and, and anxiety, those two things, they don't really go together. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that they show up right next to each other. Um, and that he yeah. says, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, and you're like rejoicing and thanksgiving stance, do not be anxious, is sandwiched right there in between rejoice and be twice thankful. Rejoice. Like, <laughs> rejoice, rejo rejoice, and I will say it again. <laughs> rejoice. <laughs> yeah. And be thankful. You're like, <laughs> yes. yes. These don't seem to go together very well, Paul. Um, so based on just kind of the messages that we receive from the world, um, it does feel like that this isn't something that we could actually live out. But Kimberly, kind of like you said, Paul is calling us to God's design for us. And he is reminding us that through the gift of the Holy Spirit as believers, we can live in a different way, that we don't have to live um, burdened by worry. So let's talk about what that looks like. What does it look like for us to actually be able to live out um, these verses from Philippians? So what is worry? Yeah, so um, this is Christy, and I'm just going to take that and, and dig into it, because when I started looking at this verse sort of through a different lens, when I started looking at this verse through the lens of what neuroscience has to say about what's going on in our brains um, when we worry, I just get real, really excited. <laughs> So y'all have probably heard me say before that we can't control what happens to us, but we can choose our response. And so worry is actually a self-protective response that's, um, that occurs when we perceive that there's a threat in our environment. So we are designed um, with this kind of self-protective part of, of ourselves. So, but the Oxford definition of worry is to give way to anxiety or unease or to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. Um, so worry is not necessarily something that we want to, to get stuck in, but it was designed to protect us. So, and I right now with really what's going on, inevitably all of us are feeling threatened on some level with the pandemic and the quarantine that we've been in. And so worry inevitably is going to be on our menu of choices right now. And some of you may already be thinking as you're listening to us, well, I would stop worrying if I could, but I, I just, I can't, I'm a worrier. It's part of your identity. And so what hopefully we're going to kind of break that down today and by the end of the podcast I'm really hoping that you you all will see this from a, a different um, perspective 
because I definitely used to be a self-proclaimed worrier. I mean, we kind of talked about it's part of that Southern culture almost that it gets, you know, passed down um, through the generations. The problem with worry is the more you worry, the more you worry. And it doesn't get you anywhere. And so, but scripture right here tells us not to worry. So, and we've already said that's easier said than done. But we can break that cycle and stop the act of worrying once for all. Um, and it's really cool that scripture and neuroscience are in alignment with how we do that. So, Christy, something that you said that I think is really interesting is that worry in its rightful place is a good thing. Like it's designed to help us protect ourselves. But when we go beyond that rightful place is when it leads us to not living in a healthy way with it. So I love that picture of, cause I think sometimes when we hear do not be anxious for anything, it sets that idea in my mind, like, Oh, any kind of worry is bad, but it's a good thing if I know how to interact with it in the right way. It's when I give myself over to it, like you said, more worry leads to more worry leads to more worry. Um, right. It's the idea that whatever fires together, wires together. So just like more positive thought leads to more positive thoughts. So it can be positive and negative. Right. How do y'all know? I would not consider myself like a worrier. Um, until we all started hanging out. Uh, <laughs> um, Did we make you feel worried? <laughs> no, you made me aware that I'm worried. <laughs> like I, so my question, I guess, is how, how do you feel your worry? Or are you a person that's like, Chrissy, you said you were kind of this Follow you were this Southern Bell worry wart wart. Can't say the word today. Um, I didn't realize the worry that I had until I started going to the chiropractor and found out like I carry it in my neck and my shoulders. Um, I just thought that, you know, I'm a mom. Like I thought those areas were tense and tight just, I know that that was part of it, but I had to learn to pay attention to my body to realize sometimes when I am worried. So how do y'all know when you're kind of stuck in a worry cycle? One of my body signals is my stomach. And I've always just thought that like, I would just be mad at my stomach because I'd be like, I have a weird stomach and it's just like never happy, you know, but I realized the more that I, you know, started to, to, listen to it and to to pay attention to it and to follow Christie's steps that a lot of those issues were not really physical they were manifesting in the physical but they were actually coming from my worry mm. and mine shows up just kind of like a heaviness um, on my chest a lot of people especially my family members, they'll say, you sigh a lot. You know, you walk in the room and you see the messy kitchen. You, <sighs> so That's a good word, Kimberly. Yeah, I do a lot of sighing because um, I don't always have words for it. 
Um, but it, it does definitely manifest in my body. Um, and there's some underlying core beliefs, I think, behind the anxiety that, you know, I've had to really explore um, and reframe those. I think that's why Paul says, think on what is noble and lovely and pure. Um, it's that shift in thinking um, that helps us to not worry. So. Something else that came up, just Christy and I were talking the other day, that was a new awareness for me is, um, and this goes with what you're saying, Kimberly, about um, what Paul is calling us to think about. I worry in my thoughts. So when I'm trying to problem solve in my mind, instead of always identifying it as worry, I see it as problem solving or what, you know, but as Christy and I were talking the other day, there comes a point where it, it's a result of my worry that I'm trying to problem solve. Christy, help me if I'm not explaining it correctly. Yes. Uh, it's a new, you, a new awareness. Kind of, yeah. You kind of go into like almost like this fix it mode. And, and for me, especially with everything that's been going on, you know, recently in the world, I find myself um, just waking up from, from being asleep, trying to fix a problem. <laughs> and so it's in, we're going to get to this in a, in a little while when we talk about kind of the cycle that our brain goes through, but almost stuck in this, like, well, this, I could fix it this way, or I could fix it this way, or this would solve the problem, or that would solve the problem. And so I'm just sort of running through scenarios of how I can fix it, but I'm not leaving this space for um, God to be God and for him to walk me through that process um, without the the rush and then the, um, the need to fix something. Yeah, which is, I mean, I think that's what I love so much about this verse is that it's not just looking at the be anxious for nothing, but Paul says, hey, there are going to be things that we, that our mind, our thoughts are going to be anxious about that this is how we've been equipped to overcome that. Um, and so just, yeah, for me, a big step was just being aware that I was even worried. Um, Christy, talk about why awareness is significant or how that plays into being able to shift away from the worry circuit. Yeah, so we're gonna get um, we're gonna get into kind of our intelligent design in a minute and what's going on in our brain, but um, we are the only beings on the planet that have been given the ability to think about our thinking. So to to take a step back and to look at how we're thinking about something, to be aware of our thinking patterns. Um, and I think that's really significant that we are the only beings on this planet that have, that have been, that have that God-given ability to reflect on our thoughts. That's kind of what sets us apart as, um, as human beings. And that's just really cool to me. I think in this verse um, where it says, in the version that we we said, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. But I have a, um, I've read the translation that says, let your reasonableness be known mm. to everyone. Wow. 
um, too. And so if you what think translation about is that, that Christy? I, you know, I want to, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can find it. I'll see if I can find okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. You look that up for us. Um, but if we think about the part of our brain that we use to, to be reasonable, God is what he's really saying. And this is where I get so excited about scripture. What he's really saying is engage your prefrontal cortex in this, you know, really just use your prefrontal cortex, um, and, and, and move away from the part of your brain that's activated in the worry circuit and, that's the process of the piece coming in. So tell it's us. It's the ESV. That version okay. is the ESV. Sorry, go ahead. I thought it was, but I didn't want to misspeak. Um, we can put that in the notes too. We can link okay. to that other scripture or the other translation. Um, Chrissy, I love that. I love being able to see not just, I mean, scripture, of course, is what God has given us that equips us to um, live our new life in Christ. But like you said, it's really cool to be able to go. It's not just through scripture, but also his intelligent design of us um, that is working here. So talk a little bit more just about what you've learned about how um, God has intelligently designed us in this way. Yeah. So, so first of all, when I say intelligent design, um, I just mean that you're wonderfully made, created on purpose and for a purpose by an all powerful, loving God who is just infinitely wise and knowledgeable, like way more than we're ever going to be able to wrap our minds around the side of heaven. Um, and it was during my own journey of healing that God began to reveal to me that we are intelligently designed to renew our minds. Uh, so we didn't really go into this, but you know, my background has been counseling, but I also have um, that personal testimony of walking through the healing process myself. Um, and so that's sort of where all this kind of developed through that journey. But so when I'm teaching about intelligent design, I often use the model of a car. So the idea being that we've been given this ability to choose our actions and our thoughts, which in turn are going to have an impact on our physical and mental health. Um, so actions and thoughts being kind of like the front wheels and physical and mental health kind of being like the back wheels. So when we choose our actions and thoughts, the, the back wheels, it's going to have an impact. And also we carry this, every experience with us um, in our brain and our body. So each and every experience that we've ever had sort of culminates to, and, and we carry it along with us. Some of these experiences we're aware of, we have a narrative, we have a story, and some of them are, are more... Um, they have less awareness. So these experiences are like backseat drivers, I say. Sometimes they come up when we're not expecting them to come up, this, this memory. Um, and sometimes we don't even realize that it's memory. Um, it's like a feeling of fear when we're in the presence of, let's say if we were bitten by a dog when we were children, and now we're in the presence of a dog and we feel fear. That is part of of our memory 
that we carry along with us, but we may not identify it in that moment in time as memory. Um, but with that idea of the car, as Christians, we have help in the form of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is kind of like a driving instructor, and his job is to teach us to drive our car like Jesus. Christy, one of my favorite verses um, that you've used with this is the John 14, 26, um, where it talks about him, you know, being our helper and our counselor. And I just want to read that right now. Um, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. Um, well, I lost my place. Hold on. <laughs> okay, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. He goes on to say, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. And um, every time you talk about this, I can just, the, the vision gets clearer and clearer of, he, of him being that instructor. And I have my hands on the wheel of the car, but I can listen to him or I can listen to the chaos in the back seat. And I love that choice, that image of that choice of, of who am I going to, to pay attention to? Like the Holy Spirit as the counselor and the helper and the driving instructor or all of my experience, which am I going to trust? So, so <laughs> this is super <laughs> not spiritual. <laughs> so as y'all were talking through that, do you remember when we did driver's ed and in the driver's ed car, the, the instructor had a break, had a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the Holy spirit as he's helping us because there may or may not have been one time when I was practicing where the instructor had to use that because I just did not see the stop sign and was going right along. <laughs> did y'all have people that rode with y'all too? Cause we had people that rode with us yeah. like while we were, and said so like the instructor's in the seat and they're in the back seat and we'd be like, coach break. <laughs> and he'd be like, guys, it's fun. She's doing fun. <laughs> That's why we should just let the Holy Spirit drive. Right. <laughs> yes. It's, ultimately, that would definitely be the goal, I think, is to get maybe, to the place where we yes. can yield to the Holy Spirit. So um, maybe our lesson is just don't let me drive on any road trip. Um, since y'all will not have the break. Um, but, okay. Always feel so, very comfortable when you're driving. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so, but I think our, our takeaway, you know, is we're thinking about intelligent design and we're, we really are, you know, we're, we're going to talk about kind of what goes on in our brain when we worry. Um, but just as that God designed all of this, like he's the designer. So it's not the, you know, to worry, we're just using, we're using a part of our brain that God designed. And that part of our brain was designed to keep us safe. And so we need to, to um, rejoice in that. Just like it says in Philippians, like, thank you for trying to keep me safe. Because like if, if just for example, if we were out walking in the woods and we came upon a bear before the conscious, that prefrontal cortex part of our brain that we were talking about, before that conscious part of our brain even had the opportunity to, to say, oh, there's bear, I should run. 
a different part of our brain has already received the information from the environment and is preparing to protect us from the threat. Adrenaline and cortisol are being released in our brain to assist us in a quick escape. It's the same circuitry in our brain that um, primes us to run before we can even form the thought is the same part of our brain that we're using um, to worry when we're scanning for danger and the alert has gone off in the brain that there in the body that there is a perceived threat in the environment and then there's the motivation to take action to do something about it um, and so Dan Siegel uses the acronym SAM to describe what's going on in our brain that scan alert motivate so it's a very useful and necessary part of our brain um, but we just have to remember that that part of our brain is not the part that makes those higher level judgment planning decisions. Um, so it can't actually differentiate between a perceived threat in the environment and a real threat in the environment. So we have to kind of step back and say, okay, let me think about my thinking. And is this something that I want to, how do I want to proceed? You know being concerned about something and taking that before Christ is different than just running through the what ifs um, in the problem solving the fix it mode that you and I were talking, talking about earlier, Karen. I love that I love picture. Go ahead, Kimberly. Well, I was just going to say um, when I was doing some of my own work um, with the temperaments, my temperament is um, very impulsive. And Kathleen Edelman, my coach, would always say Selah, which is the pause. Um, because I'm known to just push through, push forward, jump ahead of God. Um, and I, I think we all just need to recognize that Selah, that pause. How do I want to proceed? I love that you said that, Christy. Um, I, I'm recognizing I'm having these anxious thoughts. I'm recognizing my stomach is upset or I just had a sigh. So right now I'm going to pause and ask the Holy Spirit, how do I need to proceed? I love that, Kimberly. I love both of those because I love, Christy, how you said taking, like, just like you said, Kimberly, okay, taking that pause and saying, how am I going to proceed is what Christy said. That's when we are taking those thoughts to him instead of going through them on our own. Um, and for me, Christy, I love hearing you say, thinking about our thinking, um, because something that has been so helpful for me, um, even just in being aware recently is Kimberly, when I need to take that pause, um, I don't sigh. <laughs> I go, which I guess is just, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that's way worse. <laughs> that is way worse. <laughs> you should sigh. And there um, it is. Truth and love. <laughs> In my house, we call it huffing and puffing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, what are you huffing and puffing about? <laughs> but that for me has become a cue to sit down and just say, okay, what is the posture of my heart and my mind? What am I thinking about? 
what am I feeling? Um, and just kind of, because what Christy was saying with that, Sam, that's just, that's not my, on my awareness. Like I'm not aware, oh, I'm scanning or I'm, you know, but for me, recognizing my need to take a pause, like you said, Kimberly, to take that Sela and to sit and to ask myself, okay, what am I thinking about? What am I feeling about? Or what am I feeling? And are my thoughts established in truth? Are my feelings established in truth? Because they're not necessarily, and recognizing like, hey, I need to bring them before him to know how to proceed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, as we're talking about that, just to give us another um, acronym in thinking about taking that pause, I, and we were talking about the car and um, the, the idea of the car. That's actually an acronym that I kind of developed and, and car stands for come, accept and realign, realign, come, you know, come, take that pause, come back to, to Jesus, accept that help of the Holy Spirit as the helper and the driving instructor, look to him and realign our thoughts in truth. And so as we're doing that, um, what I want to do is to kind of walk us through just a few steps real quickly that we can um, use to break that worry circuit. So UCLA, they had some, some research that uh, I think it was Dr. Schwartz came up with, and he said that he and his team found that whenever we worry and we're stuck in this worry circuit, there's a part of our brain that is weaker than the rest of our brain. So if we think about it like a muscle, um, we could think, oh, how would we strengthen this muscle? What would we do for strength training? And he said that in, in order to strengthen this part of our brain, we need to effortfully focus on wholesome thoughts. So this part of our brain sort of works like a mental gear shift and shifts us away from worry. So it breaks the worry circuit. So what I just think is so cool is that the researchers at UCLA discovered Philippians 4.8. <laughs> um, <laughs> Only they will never like use those words that it's from the Bible. But. Right, right. They're like, we're, oh, yeah, well, we, yeah. Or, and so Paul, or, Paul, or Paul could teach at UCLA. Either way, yeah. look at it. Paul could teach at UCLA. So, you know, if we, if we go back again and we just look at what it says in Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, worthy think about such things and the god of peace will be with you and so um you know the the how-to for breaking the worry circuit is right here in philippians so i'm just going to walk us through five steps real quickly that we can use to strengthen this part of our brain and shift um shift us away from worrying, shift us away from the scan alert motivate cycle. So the first step is just to notice with a loving heart posture, with the heart posture that, that Paul directs us to notice with at the very beginning of um, this passage of scripture with a, a rejoicing that this is the way that God designed our brain to notice that we're using this part of our brain. So, oh, thanks, Sam, you're trying to protect me. 
Um, and then to name it, to give to give a, a name to what it is that you are concerned or worried about. Um, then to love, love it, to bring it into the presence of that comics that realign, to bring it into the presence of Jesus, to love that um, concern, and then to shift the focus to wholesome thought and and declare that the act of worrying holds no value. That does not mean that um, it's not worth being concerned about, but just the act of being stuck in the worrying loop and that we're kind of, we're giving it to, we're just like it says in that passage of scripture that we're letting it be known to God, that we're bringing it before God. Christy, that makes me think this morning I was on a walk and I was kind of doing this process I'm just noticing uh, what I was feeling because I haven't been sleeping well with all, I think my body's just carrying the stress, you know, the state of the world. And I just felt like I was going through this process and I just felt like God was saying, this is what it means to carry my burden that is light. Um, mm. If I carry my own burden, I'm stuck in the worry circuit. Mm. But when I partner with him in this, and I just declare that this stuckness doesn't hold value, that's me taking, and, and then giving it to him for him to handle. Um, that's me taking on his burden, which is light. You know, it's, it's a partnering up with him in the process. All of this reminds me of, um, of, a Bible study that I'm doing right now, and it's Lisa Turkhurst's Bible study, Trustworthy, but um, there's one particular part where she talks about um, King Jehoshaphat, and it's from Second Chronicles 20, verse 3, and um, she just, she highlights this, and, and she's, okay, so the verse says, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and she says, he had both feelings of alarm, so that would be Sam scanning, alerting, um, trying to motivate us to protect. Um, so he had both feelings of alarm that are a natural human response to his threatening situation and a supernatural resolve to inquire of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be that part of the brain that we have to exercise and, and, and build up in ourselves. The resolve was predetermined. This is Lisa talking. The, the resolve was a predetermined pattern built over time that emerged as naturally as the feelings of alarm rose within him. And she goes on later on down in the page to say, the more I turn to the Lord in my daily struggles, the more natural it is to return to him in times of unexpected trouble. Mm. That's, That's good. so good. And what, Christy, I think what has been so helpful for me in all of this that I'm reminded of, Farah, as you read that over us is, I think for so long, I lived with worry as being negative, that when I was worried, I was being disobedient or doing something I shouldn't be doing. And so just even as we walked through that process of going, hey, God made our brain to do this to, to keep us safe. And so even just thanking him for that versus kind of feeling guilt when I did feel that worry and, and running like, away from him right instead of, like instead of partnartnering closer, with him yes being closer yes 
but what I love Sarah about what you shared just as we wrap up um, is that the alarm and the resolve were together but the resolve was predetermined and so what Paul is calling us to here in thinking on these pure thoughts like that choice that we make every single day to set our mind on things above not on things of the world as we step into that as we take those thoughts captive we are strengthening that muscle so that when those worries come it is our default to take them to him not to give in to the worry circuit yes. um, absolutely yeah well i as always have so loved our time together Me and too. getting to chat with one another and lift one another. Um, I'm gonna pray for us as we close. Father, we thank you um, for your goodness and for who you are and for bringing us together to be able to um, lift one another as we lift our eyes to you um, through your word. And we just ask and pray that, um, that our listeners would also be encouraged. It's in your name, amen. 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 Thanks so much for joining us today on the Lift Podcast. If you would like further resources around the topic we discussed today, please check the show notes. You will find resources there that Christy mentioned, as well as other tools to support you as you grow in this area. We would love to stay connected with you um, on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram at Love Inspire Foster Teach. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you know when new episodes release. We'll talk to you soon.